Welcome to Butterless Popcorn. I'm Brett Dworsky. I'm Adam Ottenheimer. And we're here to talk about office space. What do you think of this movie? Just it, give me give me this movie in like a few sentences, Adam. It's it is really like an incredible movie because it's a comedy, but it it's so true in the way that we live our lives. I feel like if you're if you work in the workplace or you're like corporate America, like you get this movie. You do. You just understand what it's getting. The passive aggressive nature of everything that goes on and just like it's a dark comedy. It's dark comedy. It's incredibly relatable. Um so this office space came out in 1999. In my opinion, I think, and 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 I don't really off the top of my head, I can't think of anything that goes this as far back into the early 90s or 80s. This was one of the first dry comedies, like really dark, dry comedies. It was. Uh, yeah. I I don't remember seeing anything before then, or that was made before then. That was really it. It didn't have any, you know quirky gag jokes, none of that. It was just simply just making light and humor of a day in the life of how miserable these people were. It's so true. And every character really captures that, which is kind of new too, is you might have someone maybe in those earlier days where one character is maybe a little bit drier than the others and the others are a little goofier, but this is like across the board. Everyone is just hates their life, yeah. which, is, which is incredible. Yes, and, and I would say... Um, a nice chunk of corporate America feels like that now. This is It's like a rite of passage. If you're graduating and you're going into the workforce, whether it's like a small or large company, whatever it is, you have to watch this movie. Yes, you do. I, I think when I first saw Napoleon Dynamite, which came out five years after this, um, that was at the time the driest comedy I've ever seen. And I love that movie. And then a handful of years later, I saw Office Space. And I was like, oh, so that's kind of where... Napoleon Dynamite, uh, where the creators of that film got some influence from. I didn't, but I didn't realize that they're five years apart. It feels like they're much further. Apart, it does. It? it really does. I before I before I was you know looking back on the years and saw Office Space was ninety nine. For some reason, I was thinking it was like ninety or ninety one. Right. Yeah. I think it's because it starts with nineties. Is like I feel like that was such a good. I think we've talked about this before at some point, but like that period of like two thousand to like two thousand eight or something. Yeah. With like the best comedies coming out, it felt like I did, this kind of kicked it off. I guess. I didn't yeah, no, that. it definitely did. Um, so, some quick background about Office Space, written by Mike Judge, written and directed by Mike Judge, who wrote a series of short films called Milton, about a guy named Milton hating his life at work, and then he went on and he wrote the original Beavis and Butthead, and that's what got him really famous and attracted attention from companies to write a film. And he had Milton as a bunch of short films and they were like, make this a movie. It's pretty it's pretty interesting when like the the protagonist or like the main character of the movie is not who you really think the story is about. Right. It's kind of like curb your enthusiasm. Like Larry David is like or sorry, Seinfeld, it's like George Costanza, but it's like that's not who you think you think Jerry Seinfeld is like the main character. But that's kind of like what this movie is like. Milton is kind of the centerpiece here, but uh, it, it goes through the eyes of Peter. Correct. I, before I ever saw this movie, I may have seen the cake scene once. Yeah. Um, and, and so whenever I heard about Office Space or saw it in the media, I always figured Stephen Root, who plays Milton, was the main character of this film. Okay. And when I first saw Office Space, I was like, oh, that guy Ron Livingston, he's actually the main character. And we'll get into that. But cast starring Ron Livingston, Jennifer Aniston, Gary Cole, who plays Lumberg, Stephen Root. 
Um, really good cast. A lot of them before their time. This was before Jess- Jennifer Aniston did Friends. Oh, oh no, wow. after. After, sorry. Friends started in 94. So she was in five years into Friends. So she's a massive superstar right now. I was surprised that they were able to land her when I was thinking about it. I know we were in that piece um, on the different actors and actresses that they wanted in the film and were really aiming high on to get a, a name brand actor for the lead role. Yeah. But to get Jennifer Aniston, I mean, that's a pretty darn good consolation prize. Huge, right huge. And at this time, um, you know, as, as the, the new era of the 2000s approaches, Friends is arguably the biggest show on television and Jennifer Aniston is the star of it. So yeah, that's some great name. Uh, and besides Jennifer Aniston, though, you know, if if uh, if you're you're running the mill, Joe Schmo watches this movie. There's a good chance that that's the only actor that they know. Yeah, I mean, Ron Livingston is not a guy who's really going to pop out at you for being the king of comedy anyway. Not really. He he was in Swingers, another great comedy, uh, but I, I don't remember him much besides those two and off and or these two. He's been in some other films, but I think Office Space was the defining role of his career. It was. Um, that said, should we get into some categories? Let's do it. Adam, kick me off with some of your nominations for best scene. So I, the one that comes to mind uh, is the cake scene that you brought up. That That's obviously one of them. It's just kind of the <laughs> exactly what you would think of a guy who just always gets screwed over in life. And the cake just epitomizes everything. Milton is unable to get the piece of cake. There's He sees the cake dwindling down <laughs> over and over again. And he knows there's going to be one piece, one person who's not going to get a piece of cake, and it's him. Yes. I love that. I didn't get a piece of cake this tape. It, 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 it's so good. Yeah, it's it's so good. Like, the whole movie, Milton is just the shit of the office. Lumberg just dumps on him the whole movie. How many times does he move his desk? I don't I th- know. I don't, it's like so four or five it's times. It's something maybe. like that, yeah. Well, so I think the in the very beginning of the movie, Milton mentions that he already had moved his desk a yes, few times. That's right. And then in the film, Lumberg asks him to move it like three or four times. He ends so up down like in the storage room, right? Ha- having like, to kill the cockroaches, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that cake scene is is great, and you're and you're spot on with that. That it just it it that really encapsulates just that he's the nothing of the office. The the short end of the stick. There, yeah. yeah. Um, give me some others. Um, another one is Peter's nightmare about Lumberg. Um, so he he's told, I think it was at uh, yeah it was at the barbecue, Smikowski's barbecue after he gets just annihilated by the <laughs> truck. <laughs> and so he I has, jumped to conclusions, <laughs> Matt. He's, he's got the whole he's got the whole office. It seems like at his backyard celebrating, uh, and then yeah, he's, they're talking about. Uh, Jennifer Aniston, Jennifer Aniston's character, and how um, uh, Peter's seeing her, and Drew Lumberg fucked her. <laughs> That's the best. And then he has the nightmare about Lumberg, and it's, it's incredible. Yeah, I love the nightmare where Lumberg is actually having sex with her, and he, and yeah. I think he says while he's having sex with her, he asks Peter about the TPS. Yeah, reports. he's like Peter. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah oh man, it's great. Um, and then I had one other one was just I mean it's somewhat related, but Smikowski actually getting hit. Yeah, oh, nice. He's, he's about to kill himself, realizes he wants. And the scene is perfect when Drew is narrating it, too, because he's such a tool about it. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it's just as the garage door is closing, it's really good cinematography on it too. It I is. Really it, appreciate it, it. it. It's a great job, and you don't see it coming either. When he backs out of the garage <laughs> and he has a new perspective on life, and then just gets rammed by the truck. Sees his wife. He wants to live again. It's great. Yeah, it's awesome. So those are your nominations. Those are my three. Yep. So I have a, I have quite a few, um, and the only one I had that you mentioned was Milton's Cake. So okay. I got a few, and I'm gonna go in order here. What I have, I love the opening credits. And this wasn't something I really realized until yeah. after I went back and rewatched it. They're in bumper-to-bumper traffic on their way to work. Uh, something that happens right away, which I I get so frustrated with all the time, the lane Peter is in is not moving, <laughs> yeah. but every other lane is moving, and then he switches lanes, and then the lane he goes into stops, and then the one he was in before <laughs> yeah, starts exactly. moving. I, I saw that, it and I was like, for the whole it's movie incredible. Too, yeah. It's incredible. And then it goes over to Michael Bolton, yeah. who's like rapping in his car like crazy, and then a homeless man walks past him, and he locks the door. <laughs> he locks, he the, locks door. the door. It's it's yeah. incredible. It's he just, turns down the music, yeah. too, right? <laughs> yes. And then he blasts it again as soon yes. as the guy it's, walks it's by. Yes, it's amazing. That, that scene right away just jumps into it, and it it's it's so relatable. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was that was number one. I also had the jump to conclusions, Matt idea at the office when yes. Smikowski addresses it. He tells him about this amazing idea he had, and Michael just goes, "That's the worst idea I've ever <laughs> yeah. heard in my life." And then Samir goes, "Yes, this is a really horrible <laughs> idea." Loved that. Um, the Bobs. Oh, the, the Bobs consultant so scenes. Uh, I kind of wrap all of them together in one. Even though, if I had to say one, I love the Michael Bolton one. Yes. Um, that it, it's it's just it's incredible when he when I think Bob goes uh, one of the Bobs goes uh, I love his music. It doesn't get any better when he sings when, <laughs> when a, man a man loves, loves a, a woman. woman. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's up there for me. Um, o face when oh, Drew comes bad. over, and this that's is so the classic. first time we see Drew. Drew is only in like two and a half scenes. Right. And that's the first time we see him and he comes over to them and, and he talks to them about Smikowski and his accident. I think the thing that's fun I didn't realize that this is one of those movies where I pick up something new every time I yeah, watch it. Yeah, me too, me too. Is that they're kind of dreading Drew walking up to them when he first approaches them in that first scene. It was kind of like, oh, Drew's coming. Like, you could tell that there's some kind of like, goddamn, this guy coming, so... But he's 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 the biggest tool in the office. It's, so it's amazing. It's great. Um, so those are my nominees. Adam, what's your winner for favorite scene in this movie? Um, I'm gonna go with uh, the nightmare with with Lumberg just nice. screwing. <laughs> I love it. And, and addressing Peter. That's a clear number one. I love it. Uh, and then Drew's in that too. Lumberg. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's so great. Um, I'm going with the Bobs. Okay. Uh, it, and I love. The one, the ones when the Bob's talk with Peter too, he just doesn't give a shit about anything, and they love it, and they love it. And then when the Bob's are meeting with Lumberg afterwards, they're like, "He's a straight shooter. He's got upper management yeah. written all over him." Yeah, <laughs> love it. So the Bob's. All right, moving on. Um, chill scene. So this is tough because chill scenes in comedies are not as prevalent, and especially a really dark comedy like this. Um, I only had one listed here. Me too. And I'll explain why. Okay. So go ahead. Um, so there, there's a little bit of overlap with like best scene and give you chills. This right. one I wouldn't call. I put it in chills. I don't think it actually is like the best scene. It wouldn't be in that nominating care category, but destroying the copier. Okay, me too. Yeah. Yep, I had the same it, one. It's got to be like when you think of office space, like that's one of the first thing that's got to pop in your head is just destroying that piece of equipment. 
and the it, rap yeah. music that's going on too. The soundtrack is the awesome soundtrack's too, incredible. But, yeah, uh, Michael Bolton takes it another level. Oh yeah, scene. it's incredible. I mean, you you're spot on with that. When when people think of this movie, that's the scene that comes to light. And there's been so many um, so many uses of that scene, like Family Guy I did a mockery of it off, once. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's a really iconic scene, and the fact that the whole thing is in slow motion too yeah. is really creative and really cool. And it, I love when they're trying to hold Bolton back. Yeah, and he gets loose, pretends and to walk away, and he runs it. back yeah. and smashes printer. They got the baseball bat, and it's yeah, I agree that that scene is iconic. And 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 if there was a chill scene in this movie, that'd be it. So I'm happy to that. Best quote. This one's tough. Oh, there are so God. many good quotes in this movie. So many like like. One two-liner, like just punchlines that are just ridiculous. Give me some. Give me some of your nominees. I I had like five, and I so I was watching the movie the other day, taking notes, and when a good quote came on, I I immediately just wrote it down, and I got to a point. We'll probably notice most of these are actually from like the first half of the movie because I realized, all right, I I can't keep writing down quotes. So I, but. Um, the first one is one that relates to your Bob scenes. It's, we fixed the glitch. Yeah. He won't be getting <laughs> paid anymore. Yeah, so he's been terminated. <laughs> well, hold on there, Professor. <laughs> it's great. Um, the second one, this one is good. This is one of them where I always forget about it, and then it comes back, and every time I hear it, I start cracking up. But um, Peter asks his, his roommate, well, not his roommate, but his next-door neighbor what he would do with a million dollars. And all he says is, two chicks at the same time, man. I love that one. I had that one on my list as well. Amazing. I have, uh, I got a few more here. I got, actually, these are all from the Bobs, now that I think about it. Love it. What would you say you do here? (laughs) I'm a people person. What is wrong with you people? people? So you physically deliver them (laughs) to the customer. Yeah. Um... Not going to work here anymore anyway. That's another one. Yep. And uh, this is one, the last one I have here. Totally forgot about this. This is probably the darkest part of actually the movie, but it's um, Peter saying, you know, the Nazis had pieces of flair that they made the Jews wear. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. I totally forgot <laughs> about that one. It's so dark. That's good. That, 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 that's good. But it comes out of nowhere, which is fantastic. It does. It does. I was rewatching this movie with, with Cassidy. And when Peter said that line, she was like, what? <laughs> uh, oh, okay. That's a good We're one. We're going there, but yeah, it's, it's good. a good one. Flair. Um, I have quite a few. I'll go through these really quickly. My first one happens in the first minute of the movie. Corporate accounts payable, Nina speaking. <laughs> Just a moment. Yes. And that plays <laughs> throughout Peter's it, head yes. throughout the whole movie. I think it's in his dream, too. Maybe. It is. It is. Um, next one, Peter, what's happening? Oh, Lumberg. I, I say that to you constantly all the time. You, you said that to me when I walked in. I we, said that to you when we walked in. Right yeah, it, was, it was yeah. unconscious. What did you even think about it? Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Oh, no. That's pretty <laughs> iconic, too. I've heard people Do you say hear that, that in the office, actually? I've heard it like once or twice. Yeah. I'm not sure if people are being serious about it or if they're trying to mock this movie. Yeah. See, I I, I get them. I don't get that exact quote, but I get like a, oh, Mondays, man. Yeah. Like, you know, consistently. And you're like, it's it's the same thing. You're just saying yeah, it's like right. different. I'll be honest. I think I've said I got a case of the Mondays to people before. Because I'm thinking of this movie every time. Um, I also had... The Lawrence, what would you do if you had a million dollars? Two chicks at the same time. It's like, that's it? <laughs> it's so that's good. It. Um, 
I have this one is a little longer, but I love this. It is during the therapy scene with Dr. Swanson, and Peter goes, "Quote: So I was sitting in my cubicle today, and I realized ever since I started working here, every single day of my life has been the worst has been worse than the day before it. So that means every single day that you see me, that's the worst day of my life." And Dr. Swanson goes, what about today? Is today the worst day of your life? Peter goes, yeah. Swanson goes, wow, that's messed up. Amazing. He's like, oh, sorry. Uh. That yeah. scene is incredible. And then he and then he just dies. He dies. He dies. Yeah. He dies. That's the best is when Peter wakes up the next day and then his girlfriend, well, his ex-girlfriend or whatever calls him. And then uh, she's like, you just sit there while he dies. Yes. But speaking of the ex-girlfriend, this is a... Another, I didn't have this as the quotes, but it kind of shows up a couple times where he gets the feeling that she's cheating on him. Oh, yeah. And then multiple times throughout the movie. I could see that. Yeah. yeah, They keep saying like, yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yep. Got a couple more here. And I just went crazy with the quotes. Um, Let me see. I had uh, Samir not going to work here anymore that you had. Yep. Amazing one. People can get a cheeseburger anywhere. They come to tchotchkes (laughs) for the atmosphere and the attitude. Is that Stan? Who that's says Stan. It? Yeah. That's Stan. That, that's amazing. More on Stan later. Is that when he's trying to explain? Sorry, was that when he's trying to explain why the bare minimum is yes. not enough? Yep. Okay. Yep. The bare minimum. Yeah. I got two more here. Um, thinking I might take that new chick from logistics. <laughs> Things go well. Might be showing her my old face. Oh, oh, oh. oh, oh. You know what I'm talking about? Oh. <laughs> and then finally, and this one I did not even realize was said until I rewatched it. It's during the scene when um, they are planning the plot against Inatech, and they're talking about maybe going to prison. What happens if you go to prison? And Peter's telling Samir and Michael, conjugal visits, you can have (laughs) sex in those. And Michael goes, I'm a free man and haven't had a conjugal visit in six (laughs) months. Classic. (laughs) Great. That's one of the that's one of the good one-liners of the movie. It's so I, good. There's not like a ton of. I mean, it was good. A lot of good quotes, but like the one-liners, like the the zingers right there. Yeah. Not not a ton in that one, but that one's right. Yeah, there. really good. So so Adam, what's what's your quote of the movie? If you had to, if you had to decide one. God, if I had to decide one, I think I would go with what would you say you do here. <laughs> Got to go with the bobs on that one. Nice. I had, a, I had a buddy who used to say that line probably once a day. Really? Yeah, all the time. That's pretty good. I don't think I've actually any, heard anyone say that to my face or in public before. He, he would say it when um, so when I was at like more of a corporate job and we would do like introductions and stuff like that. And he would say it kind of like afterwards when someone's talking about like what their role is. He would be like, so what is it you say you do here? <laughs> Every time it was great. That's pretty funny. Um this was really tough for me. I'm going O-Face, though. Yeah. It's so good because, again, that's when we see Drew for the first time, and he just knocks you off. Like, he just he just kills it. He he's amazing. He, he's incredible. It's, it's, it's he amazing. He looks the part, too. He does look the part. He's such a douche. <laughs> he's got the, in the in the barbecue scene, he wears those glasses. Oh, with God. The, uh, with, with the strings <laughs> with in the, the back. With the strap yeah. on the back. Yeah, it's perfect. Yes. More, more on Drew to come later. <laughs> Um, next up, character who we'd want to be friends with in real life. Who do you got, Adam? Give me a couple. Give me a couple candidates. I got two here. I got Drew, who we're just talking about. We always, you, you know, I gravitate towards the douche of the group, yes, and that, you do. that yes, guy you do. is the epitome of it. He's perfect. 
The other one is Smikowski. Oh, <laughs> that's a hot take. Yeah, I mean, he's a loose cannon he's for sure. He's such a loose cannon. <laughs> I mean, he's about to kill himself. But uh, he ended up getting a big settlement, which is, I mean, big time. So let's be around that money. Uh, he's got great ideas. He's a fun guy to be around. And he's just happy now. That's pretty, wow. Yeah, I love I, it. <laughs> that's really funny. I, I, I'll be honest. I wasn't expecting you to say either of those two. Really? That's, who, you, who did you think I was going to say? Uh, I don't know. So I, I have three, and I thought you were going to say one of my first two. All right, go for it. So my three are Peter, Michael Bolton, and Joanna, Jennifer Aniston's yeah. character. Uh, Peter, just because he is, as the protagonist, he's probably the most relatable person in the movie, and he just seems, out of everyone, just down to earth, and if we're using the word normal, quote-unquote normal, just someone to like just sit and hang out. Mm-hmm. Michael Bolton, because, one, he's really smart, so it's always good to have smart friends. Um, he loves rap music, as I love rap music as well. So that it would also be fun I mean, just I mean, being friends with, with a guy someone named Michael, named Michael Bolton. Bolton right? Yeah, I was gonna like, say yes. I, I mean, imagine going out to a bar and like you've automatically got the best conversation starter possible. Amazing. Introducing your friend. Imagine going out to a bar with him and it's a karaoke bar. Oh my god! And you're like, dude, you're singing a Michael Bolton <laughs> you, you song <laughs> every time. He, I mean, he would hate me by the end of it. And Joanna finally, just because she seems like a cool girl she is cool someone who's really chill she to hang kung out with. she likes kung fu she yeah. likes hanging out it's it, she works at tchotchkes she can maybe get me some free food <laughs> you know so those are my three who did you decide on uh i'm going smikowski Ooh. i'm sticking with wow. smikowski yeah it's uh, like dimitri <laughs> petrovich in backyard baseball you know, it is absolutely it's the same person no the guy's the guy's got money he's, he's a cool guy i don't know i, don't know I love it um i'm going with joanna okay yeah i like it i'm going with joanna that's a respectable choice Next category, biggest asshole. We love these guys in movies, Adam. Yeah, I mean, this one, it, I think it comes down to two guys. It, it comes down to Bill Lumberg and Drew for me. So I have those two plus one more. Oh, all right. Who's your third? Stan from Tchotchkes. <laughs> oh, that's good. He's such a dick. He's such an asshole. He in won't a leave. Very similar way. He to won't Lumber, leave Anna. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He won't leave. He won't leave um, Joanna alone at all. It's so true. Dang. I guess you could also say uh, Peter's ex-girlfriend. You could put her. Oh, she's, she's, she's terrible. A, she's such an ass. <laughs> yeah, she's. She's mean. She's a mean person. Who'd, um, who's your all choice? Good. I, I'm gonna go with Lumberg on this one. It's kind of like the safe choice right there, but that guy, I mean, he's passive aggressive. He makes yeah. him come in Saturday and Sunday. And Sunday, <laughs> and the Sunday is a twist. That yeah. throws you off completely. Yeah, he has to go seven days a week. He doesn't go fishing at all like he'd want to do. He ruins his life. Yeah, it's terrible. So I chose Lumberg too, but I have an honorary mention to Stan, who, by the way, is played by Mike Judge, the writer and director no of this way. film. Yeah. I oh, didn't I know, know that until doing this research. I had no... That's like Tarantino-type stuff right yeah, there. Yeah, like, that's pretty incredible. I love wow, that. Okay. So, Lumberg, biggest douche, uh, worst boss in the world, we agree. Love it. Which actor or actress would you like to see replace one of the stars in this movie? I have two here. Okay. And I think I want to get to why later on in the movie, so or later on in the, in the show when we talk about... Um, different genres that we would have sure. in the movie. But... Yes. So wait, before you go ahead, we didn't specify if we're doing, you know, if we're in 1999 when this film was made, actors at the time or just anyone. I went with just anyone. And I'm anyone. assuming you did too. Anyone. Okay. Um, 
So I'm just going to name the two, and I'll, I'll touch on it a little bit later. Yes. The two are Robert De Niro. Oh, my God. And- <laughs> Robert De Niro in office space? Oh, you have no idea about where this is I'm going. I'm trying to picture who it's going to be. <laughs> we'll get to it. And Matt Damon. Ooh. And those are both the leads. Wow. And, uh, and I'll get to those later. Wait. But okay. Okay. Chew on it a little bit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I had three. Okay. Uh, wait, and you're not saying who you want them to replace? They would play. Uh, they would play Peter. They would both play Peter. Both of them, yeah. Okay. I couldn't decide who I want more. It depends on the genre. Wow. That I would pick for the movie. Robert De Niro as 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 Peter Gibbons. Holy shit. Yeah. That's that's a twist. Um. Okay. So I had three, and I had uh, one for three different characters. So I had Bill Hader for Peter Gibbons. Yes. <laughs> I think he would do an if that was made today, he would be amazing. Oh, he's in that so role. dry. He's too. so dry. That's fantastic. And he I, I just feel after watching him and Barry, where he just is very pessimistic all the time, I feel like he would thrive in oh, that that's role good. of just hating his life. The dark com I mean it yeah. translates perfectly. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I had Jesse Eisenberg as Michael Bolton. <laughs> yeah. Because he talks really quickly and he can play the anxious role insanely well oh, and he wow. and he can also come off as really intelligent in his films like when he's mark zuckerberg just total douche but brilliant yeah like douchey smart but like that's not trying my, to be a douche yeah necessarily. that's michael oh, bullen like, like i can yeah. totally see jesse eisenberg Meeting explaining with the, the bobs or, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and then just getting so pissed when they talk about michael bolton yes I, so i see that and then my third one Replacing Gary Cole as Bill Lumberg, I put Matthew McConaughey. Oh, no. <laughs> I just see him as that dick boss with his little Texas accent right here. Hey, Peter, what happened to those TPS reports you're supposed to do oh, earlier? It'd be today? like a real smooth, suave yes, boss who kind you just of. hate. Oh, that's like, good. So I don't love The Wolf of Wall Street. But Matthew McConaughey in that film where he plays like an, an, an exec and he's a total dick. Yeah. That's kind of how I picture him okay. as this. Just not as like like when he does this right, fist right, pumping right. thing. But I could see him being a huge asshole as Bill Lumberg. Oh, okay. You know he would own the role. Yeah, I that's mean, the thing. He, he would, would own it. Like method act that yeah. stuff for yeah. Bill Lumberg. Oh, yeah. that's good. I like that. Love it. I really love the Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, no, that, that, that was that was my that was my best. like number one. Yeah. So if I had to decide, I would choose Jesse Eisenberg as Michael Bolton. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause on my two until we get to it okay. later and uh, later. In the, I'm looking forward to exploring more. Segment, yeah. So next one, would this movie be better or worse with Nicolas Cage in it? Adam, the floor is yours. Uh, worse. I I I tried really hard <laughs> to find a role for Nick Cage. I feel like also if you. You know those like BuzzFeed articles or whatnot, where it's like ten actors that could have been. Yeah. You know this is these are eight people that were up in the running before Jack Black got the role. You know there's Nicholas Cage is always in there. He you is. Know? He's always there. <laughs> you know like I, he's he's got his phone out like just ringing off the hook. But I I couldn't find a role from him in this movie. What about you? I I couldn't agree more. Uh, I I think this movie is worse with him, mainly because. He brings a lot of charisma to his roles. I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. Oh, now that's and, a chill scene right there. That is, that is a chill scene. <laughs> I, he brings a lot of charisma. He brings a lot of... It's a subtle energy that he brings that this movie just... There's no place for it. It's too, he, he would have to work at tchotchkes, I guess. He would... Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't really know who he would be. If he could be any of the existing characters or if there would have to be a side character for him yeah. that doesn't even exist. I, I don't see him... His, in this movie at all. Has he played a supporting role 
Really? We're like a like a side character or anything like that? I'm trying to think. I'm sure like... he has off the top of my head. Uh, did you ever see Face Off? No. With John Travolta? No, I, I mean, I guess the two of them are the main characters. Right. Uh, John Travolta plays a criminal and Nick Cage... Oh, no. I'm trying to think. Nick Cage is a criminal and John Travolta is a police officer, like hunting him down. Okay. And they both get into this like weird accident and they both have to get plastic surgery and they end up switching faces... So then for the rest of the movie, it's John Travolta being the bad guy who is actually Nick Cage. And then it's Nick Cage playing the good guy cop, but it's actually John Travolta's oh, character. So it's like the change-up with uh, kind of. Brian it's Reynolds. With, and, 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 yeah, <laughs> Jason Bateman. Bateman. That's yeah. a great movie. Oh, so no, good. it's really similar, but it's like a serious like cop villain role. Okay. But, that's he, the, but he's got like a big part in that, right? Like, yeah, yeah, him and Travolta are kind of like the one-two punch. Okay. But yeah, in terms of side characters... Wow, I really can't think of any. He's not good enough. He's almost like not good enough to be a side character. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's he's like the star in shittier, high budget films. Yeah. Yeah. So we both agree. We both agree. agree. Get get Nick Cage out of here. Uh, Next question. Moving on. If Michael Caine was in this movie, what would his purpose be? So there's two I I have here. The first one, I, it's it's a little too Batman esque, but I. Um, I called it like Peter's uncle and so like Peter's parents were like passed away or something like that oh, wow. and so like Peter's Dark. uncle is in the picture just like trying to explain to him what the, what his values should be or what his parents like how they would want him to be happy and would lead him to like quit his job and just like stop caring about the, the little things or whatever so it's kind of like the voice of reason there uh, but it got a little too Batman-esque for me. That is a little, that's a little too Alfred-y. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was thinking uh, a little too Chris Nolan. But I like it, though. The other one, um, so there's a scene where they convince Samir to partake in this uh, theft scheme. And Michael Caine, Michael Caine would be the best person for this, is just convincing him that, like, this is his opportunity. And he's the one who has to, like, seize the moment. So he's kind of like the... The rah-rah guy, the guy who's, like, behind the operation, who's just, oh, like... wow, that's good. He, he doesn't really take part in it, but he's just sitting in the apartment, and he comes out of nowhere to just explain why this is the best idea possible. I like it. So, I, I, so is he, like, hiding in the closet? Like, what is yeah, he? No, he's, he's like, just like, hello, it's Michael <laughs> Caine here. You should do this theft and steal like from Intertech. <laughs> So like, well, I just don't understand where he comes from. Is he like knock on the door and be like, "I love what you're doing, guys"? Like, no, he's just there. I don't know. He's like some distant relative of Peter that's sitting there. I don't know. Maybe he's the uncle who then is Both. at that yeah. scene yeah. who encourages. Or he's just to the couch it. surfer. I don't know. He's just sitting there. Okay. But he loves this idea and he 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 brings it home for him. I, I like it. So I I went a different route with this and I actually kind of. Um, had him as one of the characters in the film. Okay. So uh, my number one and the one I'm ultimately deciding on is he would be Rob Newhouse, who is Smikowski's lawyer at the barbecue. Oh, yes, that's good. And he's in it for one scene, and and especially in the the backyard (laughs) when he's talking about in prison. And at the party, he's talking to Michael and Samir, and he goes, uh, you know, a lot of my clients have been in prison, and what they've told me, 
either kick someone's ass on the first day or become someone's bitch. That is good. And I'm just picturing Michael Caine in that role, like, either kick someone's ass on the first day or become someone's bitch. Michael Caine is really good at, like, the either-or scenarios. He is, he is. And I'm thinking of, like, the prestige when he's talking, and he's talking about how he can either drown. Um, he was talking about, like, how bad drowning is, or he could, like, live to kind of become the, the villain. It's kind of also Batman working too, but like he's really good at like talking about the potential consequences yeah. of going a certain route. And that's perfect for him right there. I, like I, that. I thought that was funny. And then my second one, um, I don't, I'm not quite sure why I actually chose this, but for him to be Dr. Swanson and okay. he hypnotizes Peter and just dies, I could see him just being like, no, deeper. <laughs> deeper. <laughs> I don't what? think I could take it seriously if the guy was. <laughs> no, not I, I, I would, I, I would, <laughs> I, would cr- I would laugh hysterically. It'd be so funny. Um, Michael Caine, I like yours. Yeah. Where he just pops out of nowhere, and he's the the, he's like the North Star. Yeah, he guides Peter. He's along got his one mission. purpose, and that's it. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, moving on, what actor do you think was the most annoying to probably work with? I went with Steven Root on this one. Okay. And I think not because he's a bad actor, because he actually does a phenomenal job, but imagine sitting there and he had to do one of his takes over and over again. He's like, that's my tape player. And he has to do it over and over again. I mean, if I had to listen to that, it would probably haunt my dreams. So I think for that reason alone. I mean, but he does it. He does it perfectly. Sure. I had two here. One, I had Greg Pitts, who's Drew. Just because he seems like that in real life, just such a dick. Like, I could see him on set if they're eating at the lunch buffet. He'll go up to Ron Livingston and be like, so, Ron, what are you doing later tonight? <laughs> and Ron's like, Drew, I'm, I'm going home. It's been a long day here. I, we've been working our asses off. And he's like, what? You don't want to go party? A little, ooh, ooh, <laughs> little, the, little go, go get always, some chicks. He's always trying to grab drinks after yeah, always, and no one wants to. Always. He's organizing the happy hours with the producers, too. <laughs> so I had him as one. And then the second one, it doesn't really – I don't think it's cheating, but I'll let you decide. So I actually chose the studio of this movie, 20th Century Fox, as the most annoying group to work with. Mm. So I read this in the oral history that we both read about, about or Office Space. They made Steven Root read three separate times to get this role because they wanted a bigger star. They didn't believe in him enough. They made him come and an audition three times. And Judge times. was like all over Steven Root, like right? Yeah. Like Judge was like Judge, my Judge guy. wanted him, like he, yeah. yeah, he loved him. Fun fact, this is also from the oral history. The studio wanted Matt Damon and Ben Affleck to I be the that. two stars of this movie. And Mike Judge even met with Matt Damon on the side, and Damon was like, "I'm the I, I don't want this." Who was that? Was it Affleck that was like, "I want eight million dollars or something?" Yeah, like, I think a, like yeah, Ben Ben wanted an insane amount of money. It's <laughs> yeah. like that's so funny. I mean, it makes sense. This came out two years after Goodwill Hunting, which mm-hmm. they won an Academy Award for. It made them international superstars, and apparently, 20th Century Fox wanted those big names attached to this movie. But Mike Judge was like, no, Stephen Root, Ron Livingston, those are my guys. So aside from what we know, like how well that Ron Livingston played it, like assuming Matt Damon or Ben Affleck would do a great job as well, would the movie be as good with just like having that star there? It's a really good question. Uh, I'm going to say no, and I, and I know I'm biased because that's what the movie is, and it's you know hard to imagine it with Damon and Affleck in it. 
But a part part of the appeal of this movie is that it's a lot of besides Jennifer Aniston and you know Stephen Root is is a lot bigger now than he was then. Uh, it's a lot of unknowns, not yeah. slash, slash just kind of mid to, mid to lower tier stars. If Affleck and Damon come in and and they're coming fresh off the Oscars and Goodwill Hunting and and they're at the top of the world, this movie has a bigger budget. It's it's bigger at the box office. It's it's right. it, it has so much more hype behind it. It's not as subtle of a film, um, and neither of them are, are really dry humor actors. They they both have big personalities. It's true. They're I mean I think they could both do a good jo- a good job. I think off the bat call it opening box office or like the first year of the movie it would be more successful agreed it would not age nearly as well though i don't think no and i think part of that is i'm just now thinking of it like if i told you matt damon was in this movie this probably wouldn't be at the top of your list of matt damon movies to watch you'd have like you might have a list of 10 to 15 movies of matt damon or ben affleck that you think all right i gotta go see i don't think this movie would would make that cut just because of the the you know high budget big movies that they've been in so like this though it's just a classic because of the movie not because of the actors right so this is i mean it it might it might not age as well yeah Uh, apparently when when ron livingston came for his audition he was sitting in the waiting room and was over like a like a camera recording or something uh and then they were instantly like we love this guy let's break let's get him but then they had to fight with 20th century fox to get these kind of lower tier stars so i'm going with 20th century fox all right they were so annoying to work with i respect that all right let's do some trivia adam i have three questions how many do you have any questions do you have i got three as well okay so let's just we'll switch off ask me your first question see if i can get it um all right so what is the bare minimum number of pieces of flair required to wear at tchotchkes 15. It is 15. For bonus points, I didn't put this in here, but how many does Brian wear? 37. Oh, yes. That was actually one of my questions. Oh, nice. Okay. So, it's a great one. Um, Two I got for you. One of them we kind of answered earlier, but I'll ask you again. What television show from the 70s starring David Carradine do Joanna and Peter love watching together? Uh, It's the Kung Fu, but I don't know what the show is actually oh wow i can't get it what is it it's called kung fu oh it is just called kung fu all right yeah. well give me that I'm <laughs> okay good so david carradine is do you know who david carradine is i don't uh bill and kill bill oh okay it was a really famous show in the 70s and it was like what made this guy a star he was huge in the 70s Awesome. And it was because of the show called Kung Fu. I thought Kung Fu was just like high level, like, yeah, like watching Kung Fu. Yeah, no, it's a show called Kung Fu. Great. All right. I'm going to give myself a point there. I'm going to give you a point. I'm going to give you a point. Um, all right. Going back. How many minutes of real actual work does Peter say he does oh, on a given day? That's a great one. He says this when talking to the Bobs, and he talks about how he comes in, he's staring at his desk for I don't know how long. He just spaces out. <laughs> I beg your pardon? <laughs> uh, spaces out. But then how many minutes of real work does he do? So, okay, I don't, hmm, I don't want to burst your bubble here. The answer is fifteen. Yep. But I think he says fifteen minutes in a week. Does he say that? I in think a he week? Sa- I think he says at the end of that quote. I think he's like, you know, to be honest, like I think I, I think I do probably about fifteen minutes of solid work in, in every week. Or that something. might be. That might I be think right. It's actually, week. yeah. 
Now that, now that I look at it, I look at the question I wrote. I didn't even put day in the question. I just assumed it was day, but I think it is a I week. I think it's week, yeah. But so the, if he comes in great. seven days a week, then he's doing it's, about and he's two the, minutes And he's there five. nine to five, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if there's that scene when he's sitting eating Cheetos and he's playing, like, Tetris on his computer. Yeah, he knocks then, his desk over. Yeah, and then Lumberg <laughs> comes and asks him if he could, like, talk. And he's like, Bill, I'm kind of busy right now. Come yeah. back later. All right, we'll get this picked up for you, and uh, yeah, <laughs> I got I got a meeting with the Bobs now. Come back later. Oh, I, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. They called me at home. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Love that. Um, my final question for you: What's the name of the restaurant next door to Chachkis? Oh, so there's two, right? Oh shit! Sorry. Okay, the name of the restaurant that they that. Peter and Joanna go to on their like when they get lunch in the beginning of the film. Uh, it's the it's the red. It's got red in there. It's um, yeah. Oh man! So one of the two is Chili's, right? Like isn't that yes. on one of the side? Yes, Chili's is the one that they don't go that to. They don't go to. Um, I can't. I I can't think. Of this. this is gonna kill me. Can you give me the first letter? F. I I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> I was going through the alphabet in my head and I knew it started with an what is it? Flingers. No! Yes! <laughs> which, oh, is, which is Flingers. Which is low key an awesome name no, for a awesome. restaurant. It's like a Fuddruckers. That's exactly yeah, what I was it's, thinking. It's, it's like that when you asked place. me that question, I wanted to say Fuddruckers. I just knew it wasn't. Yes, TGI Fridays, Fuddruckers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was good. Oh, it's Flingers. Yeah. The place is really nice. Yeah. <laughs> We're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> Oh, the button. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's great. Man. All right. So I struck out on that one. All right. Struck out. Next question. Um, oh, you got another one. Okay, go. Oh, no. No, sorry. That's it for trivia. Okay. I have, I actually have oh, you two. Oh, you have two more. I have two more trivia Ooh, questions. let's go. Yeah. Let's go. I'm in. Um, okay. So one of them's you know, just real basic. What's Lumberg's official title? Oh, wow. Right? That's like, a I really don't think they, they barely touch on it. They but... show it twice. Yes. Like, it's on camera twice. It's one at his parking spot and then another it's at his on his office window yep and i realized it both times yep oh my god is he um um like uh divisional president oh I, i'm gonna give it to he's division vice president oh but that's that's Ooh, pretty good okay I, I i remember that the other one i have here so this is the last one what movie do they reference when talking about the bank rounding scheme uh michael bolton is like oh it's just like oh this god movie. And he says it like three, Superman four. three. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Let's go. Well done. Yes, which I have not seen. Actually. I haven't either. But he's no. like, yeah, no, it's like Superman three. Yeah, <laughs> Superman three. Yes. All right. Well, those are those did last you, two. Did you were... sweep there? Did you get all of them? Um, I got. I the, think you I, did, and I you got... even corrected me on one I did of my questions. You. Well, we too. can confirm that later. Yeah. All right. I guess I did sweep. Nice. Flingers. You got to remember that one. Flingers. That's good. Yeah. Um, moving on. Would you feel comfortable or uncomfortable watching this film with your parents? Perfectly comfortable. I think it's a good uh, educational opportunity for, <laughs> like, for my parents to just sit me down and be like, Adam, this is exactly what working life is going to be like, so you better figure out what you want to do. I agree for the most part. Uh, it's obviously different now that I'm 26 years old and I'm you know, more comfortable talking to my parents about stuff than I was when I was younger, except if I were to watch this with my parents now, the O face scene. My mother would look at me and be like, "I don't get it." Oh no! I, I have a feeling that she'd be like, "What? What is? What is this O face he's doing?" And the guys and the guys and the guys and the guys just being like, "Oh, oh, 
my mom would be like, what, is he having an orgasm or something? I would not want to have to explain that to my mother. That puts, That's where, little, like, as that puts a parent, some pressure on me. As a parent, you got to recognize, I don't understand it. I'm not going to ask about right, it. Right, right. Like, I understand, <laughs> like, you know, humor is so different with every generation. Yep. And it's something my, my mother may not get. I've watched films with her where she doesn't quite get some of the jokes sometimes because they're more modern, which is fine. But I do not want to have to be the one to explain that to her. Not the not the scene though of Lumberg actually screwing Joanna in in his dream. Would you? That's fine. Cause that she, would be cause, fine. Because she gets it. It's sex. It's because you guys don't need to address it personally. Yeah, in like she's not, she's. It's not like she's asking me. You know, during the dream, what is he doing? Yeah. Why? Why what are position his, is why, that? Why are his his hips moving back and forth <laughs> right. like that? Why doesn't he have a shirt on? Does he have you a know, cup of coffee. Or something? <laughs> Yeah, okay. And that O-Face man is back there again. You know, <laughs> yeah. so I I don't want to have to explain that part. Um, so that aside, I would feel comfortable watching this film with my parents. Okay, good. Yes. Um, moving on. If you were to take one scene out of Office Space and turn it into a musical, what scene would that be? <laughs> so this question, when thinking of the scene, I tried to compare it to, like, Billy Madison and when he realizes that he's going to go to school and then he has that scene after Veronica beats yeah. him up and they're saying, Do like, you have any more <laughs> Yes. Yeah. But you thought that. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking of. I'm, I'm going with Peter. It starts with him being hypnotized. He goes to sleep. He wakes up. He's a new man. And then you've got kind of a bunch of people coming in different directions, leaving messages on his voicemail. And you've got his girlfriend coming into the picture. You've got Lumberg multiple times. Um, leaving different voicemails, and he's just like euphoric. He he entered he enters this new state of mind that he's in, and um, I think that that level of of happiness just kind of turns into like song for him. I like it. <laughs> Today's a new day. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah, exactly. I, I kind of like... sounded like that. Uh, have you seen that Andy Samberg? Like, I don't know why, but today feels like it's gonna be a great day. Is that an SNL skit? Yeah, he's coked up. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that one. Well, that's what I'm thinking of. Nice. Any other other nominees? No, that's it. Okay, so I had three nominees I chose here. Um, And I'm really sticking with one, I think. So my one, and and, and then the one that I'm going to choose, is when Stan first calls out Joanna for doing the bare minimum and not expressing herself. I really want to highlight the words expressing herself. Uh, If that was turned into a musical, Jennifer Aniston can go on this huge rant about why... As a woman, she can express herself in <laughs> yes. new ways that but don't not have just to flare. Right, not just flare. Doesn't have to listen to her aggressive boss. I could, I could definitely nice. see that turning that. in. Yeah. Um, number two, I said when Peter, Samir, and Michael are plotting the scam against Inatech, it could be something about we hate our lives, we want better, <laughs> we want to make money from the men up there, like something like that. I, it, it, I thought that was really good. Uh, and then I'm not quite sure why. Maybe it's just because I love the scene, but the Bob and Bob consultant scenes, I'm not quite sure how those would work. I don't know. I don't see those guys singing. In fact, all, those but... might be worse as a musical because those are so great because of the, the, dry the subtle, dry dialogue. Yeah. So I'm going to take that out. But the um, <laughs> thing I'm going to say, Stan calling out Joanna, but the, the plotting of the, of, the, of the stealing from Inatech could also work. I just, I, I could see, I don't know how they would like all come together. But yeah, me neither. A, it would be hilarious. Me neither. Yeah. And especially there's, if, if you remember, once they commit 
the plan once they bring once they actually do it and then there's a scene when they're like partying at the apartment yeah. and they're like dancing and Samir busts out like some break dance so moves. I was thinking about that too I was thinking I, I, comparing it to another movie 40 year old virgin like this yeah. is the age of Aquarius like it would <laughs> be that everyone would be bright and just swinging around because they just fight, figured out how they're going to take down the man yeah or what if it kind of does what 40 year old virgin does at the end of the movie where they just surprisingly break out in song for no <laughs> apparent reason right like when Peter's working construction at the end with Lawrence and he's like fucking yes. A man fucking A and he looks at the camera and they just start dancing that's and singing it, and, then, every, and, then, and then Lumberg comes in and Drew comes in and yeah, Joanna everyone. comes in every character from it's the movie grand finale. Milton comes in and everyone's like singing and dancing hurrah rah rah and, and it's like doesn't really make sense for the movie but it's so outlandish and ridiculous that you gotta love it that's it yep. yeah maybe that too I'm gonna change I think I'm gonna change my answer to that I love that, I love that. Oh, all right uh, moving on what if office space was placed in the eyes of another character so if Peter was not the protagonist I only have one here and it's Samir Ooh. and he's coming over to America and he's he has this idea of what the land of opportunity is and how we can kind of like make it big and he faces this incredible hardship of just you know, being, he's got this cognitive dissonance where he's very happy with his job because it's stable, but it, he wants something more. And so he just kind of like breaks, it turns into like a more serious movie. Yeah, that, 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 that gets pretty it's dark a drama, and serious yeah. very quickly, yes. Yeah, but it's uh, it's Samir, just kind of like, it's a it's a coming of age tale, I, I guess, like coming it. to America. I like it. Did you have any others? No, that, that was one. it. So I have three here. Number okay. one, and I'm going to go, I'm going to actually start from worst and go finish with the best one. My first one is Joanna. She's just a, you know, she's young. She's out, out of a relationship that lasted a long time. She's going to night classes at a local community college for a nursing <laughs> degree. She meets Peter while she's working at Tchotchkes by day, and she's swarmed by his enthusiasm and ballsiness to just not care about his job uh, and to ask her out in a split second of meeting her. They fall in love, but then when Peter admits that he's doing this scam against his company, she finds out that she's playing a risky hand in life. Oh, yeah. So that that's kind of like thriller-ish, I maybe. like that, yeah. Um, number two, and this one gets pretty dark, so excuse me, please, but Bill Lumberg, uh, he still lives with his mother, and he goes <laughs> to strip clubs about four nights a week. What? He, he is so unhappy, he takes his aggression out on his employees, passive-aggressively, and especially Milton, because he bullies him. He feels like he is far superior to Milton, and he just bullies him all day. Gives Peter a hard time, gives Samir and Michael a hard time. He he hates his life so much that he's a dick at work. But in reality, he goes home every night and he sobs. Sobs himself to sleep, wondering <laughs> how did he get here in life. Um, nice. Exploring the depths of Bill Long. Yes. That could be a spinoff. Yeah, could really could be. <laughs> so that's it. And then here's my winner. Drew. Oh, wow. He's fresh out of college. He's been at the company for about a year now. Recent grad from Arizona State. He was the president of, of president of Delta Chi fraternity. He's it's about him trying to make it in the real world, and he's just so sad that he's not in school partying anymore. Uh, he tries to act cool in front of his coworkers and his peers, 
but and they just hate him and he doesn't quite understand why as the young guy in the office they don't relate to him and don't like him oh, so his so it's good. it's his coming of age and growing up as an adult and experiencing the real world it works because he's the only young guy in the office that's the thing he's so, the yeah, only young guy he's trying to bring the fun yeah and they're like it's not college anymore dude right yeah. like grow up drew yeah, he doesn't realize it. oh that's good. right so that's my winner no that's clear cut i like that one i'm going with yours i'm going with drew there. oh wow that's nice good. all yeah. right next category what ifs i have a few here adam start us off um so i don't have much here i only have one but um what if like the movie took place in a different time period kind of like what what time period would you would you throw in there like what if it wasn't the 90s and it was like moving to the 2000s that's pretty interesting i i think this movie it's cool to imagine this movie maybe around now or at least once cell phones were brought in there's no cell phones in this movie if there were cell phones in this movie because it deals with technology a lot i feel like it could add another add some depth to it yeah i i actually kind of agree with that i was thinking kind of more present day yeah and having the like just the kind of like passive aggressive nature that would go on behind the scenes between the people talking like off work or whatever yeah um you just got like a couple scenes with everyone like in the apartment when they're scheming to do everything but like you don't have the co-workers kind of scheming behind everyone's back like a little bit more backstabbing i think it would be more thriller-esque but i think it would be interesting yeah I, especially during the scene when they commit the heist in the office and you know they're like being so sneaky and bringing the disc right instead of like for example when michael bolton is like looking around the room make sure everything's good he should just like if you like had a phone he texted peter like all right coast is clear go right or, you know something like that it'd be more uh it'd be more oceans like okay oceans it 11, would be very you know like that i think that's what i'm trying to get at here yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it would be oceans like with no george clooney I like that. But maybe Matt Damon. Maybe Matt Damon. We'll get to that. But not Ben Affleck. <laughs> um, was that your only what if? Plot what if? It was. All right, I got a few here. Um, and this one stuck out to me immediately. What if Inatech doesn't burn down? Oh. <laughs> yeah, they go to jail for a long they time. They go to jail for a long fucking time. I think that's really it. Or unless Milton still steals the money, though. Does he still steal the money even if he doesn't burn down Inatech? That's the thing. But if he doesn't find the money, there's so many what ifs. All right, what if? What if Inatech does not burn down? What if like Milton that. does not burn down Inatech? What happens? Yeah, they definitely go to jail for a long time. I wonder how much longer. So if, if the movie was basically another hour after that, God, I don't know. I feel like the entire Inatech company would just like slowly burn down. Not actually, not literally, but it would like slowly deteriorate. Something would be wrong with like the bank software. Like, mm-hmm. I know the rounding thing would be obviously a big glitch in the system. Yeah. But <laughs> we fixed the glitch. We fixed the glitch. No, the, the company would just slowly die a death. I like that. Uh, I, I have two options for this one. One, Milton still finds the checks in the envelope and still takes the money and, and runs and just doesn't burn it down. And, and he like vanishes and no one sees him again. And then the last scene of the film is him on the beach but then everyone else still you yeah. know hating their lives he the gets office. the wrong order on the beach right yeah, he has my tag yeah that's yeah. really good and then the guy looks at him the waiter just like oh, God. <laughs> um so that's one option but option two as you said uh milton doesn't find the check and he doesn't burn down an attack and they go to jail for a long time that's do they have are... conjugal visits yeah I think yeah. so. Yeah. I Only mean, they're Michael not, they're, Bolton. They're not murder. Michael Bolton gets a conjugal visit every day. He needs, con- day. He needs <laughs> visit. 
Uh, he'll probably have a conjugal visit from his roommate or his cellmate Bubba. Yeah. Um, so then, does Joanna stay with Peter? Oh hell no. No. Oh, they've only been dating for like, I feel like a few months. That's pretty serious. He brought her to the the party, the yeah, barbecue. It's just a barbecue. It's not like it was his yeah. father's birthday party or anything. Serious. I don't know. I mean, the, the timeline over this movie makes me think it's over the course of a few months. Right. So. Okay. Uh, my second what if. What if Joanna and Bill Lumberg actually did have sex? So and it wasn't lying. Alex Lumberg. It, was, it wasn't the other Lumberg. It was actually Bill, and they're and she's lying to Peter about it. Wow, I love that. Oh, that would be good. That would fuck Peter's life fuck him up. up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. He would have to. He would go back into a state of depression. He totally would. Because when that hits him, he was still kind of like, you know, he was he was upset, but it wasn't the same kind of depression that he had about his job. But this would this would sink him either even further. Right, I, I I agree. He he falls in love with her. It's very clear. So and she's one of the reasons why I like her character so much is she's just really blunt and honest, mm-hmm. kind of a, a zero fucks given personality. Um. But yeah, if she was sneaking around behind his back, that's the exact opposite of that sort of honesty, and so that would really fuck Peter oh, up. I love it. What if she was sneaking around, and then also he gets like the movie does continue as well. So, like, he does go to jail. And so they're both kind of, like, they're both bad guy here in this scenario. Right. If, let's they say, choose to stay together because oh they man. can accept each other's, like, faults. Yeah. Oh. Or if she visits him in jail and they're on the phone and she's like, Peter, I got to tell Bill you something. And he's like, what? I was having sex with Bill Lumberg. And he's like, what? That's how the movie I ends. I knew it. Oh, God. Yeah. It zooms in at the shot, zooms in on Peter's face. <laughs> yeah. And then frightened. that's it. And then that's the end of Office Space. Wow, love it. All right. Um, I had two others, but they're not worth saying, so let's just move on. Okay. Um, if you could redo Office Space in a different genre, which genre would you choose? And I feel like this is where you're going to bring in the... This the, is where I'm coming back. Bit. Yes. So here's here's Robert De Niro. It's it's a mob movie. Ooh. And they're trying to find the next big score, and they're taking down... They decide to take down the big corporations, and it's the software industry, so it's Inatech. Um, they ended up orchestrating this scheme to get money into a secret account um, that the that the mob owns when they feel like that you know the police or the company starts to figure out that it was them they burn the place down oh and it, it and then it just ends there and they walk away scot free and robert de niro plays the re- the lead role in that movie so it's his job to take everything down so he's the peter he's the one who's basically the big puppet to orchestrate the scheme working for the higher mob bosses and he's the one that ultimately also needs to organize the burning of the building at the end. Is this directed by Martin Scorsese? It has to be. <laughs> <laughs> There's no other way. That's amazing. Who are some other cast members in this? Is Joe Pesci in it? Is Ray Liotta in it? Oh, Ray Liotta. He, Ray Liotta is one of the mob bosses. Oh, nice. For sure. Um, I want to get Pacino in there so bad. I can't think of where he would. Maybe Michael Bolton. <laughs> but Al Pacino is Michael Bolton. But, oh, man. Um, yeah, it would be a it would be a mob movie. So that's where that's where the Robert De Niro comes in. The second one, and this one actually bothers me because we talked about Goodwill Hunting, but when I thought about this movie, I thought about it being a drama, and it's essentially the reverse of Goodwill Hunting. So instead of having a character that needs to like find his way and find his purpose in life through work, which is what Matt Damon, which is Will Hunting, and find. Uh, that better way of life after going to a therapist it's the opposite where it's like you've got someone that is working and quote 
doing his part of society, but he's not fulfillment. So he sees fulfillment by actually separating himself from work. And he ends up being a construction worker, which is exactly oh, what it. Matt Damon started with. I being. love it. And I was like, this is mind blowing. And then I read that thing on the the oral history of Matt Damon being yeah. <laughs> considered for the role. And I was like, this would just put my mind in a pretzel because he's literally going, it's like going the opposite way in the way that the plot develops. You know, this could essentially be Goodwill Hunting too. It's it the sequel to Good Will Hunting. It's Will, going back to where he started. Will like, Hunting gets this insane job at NASA or, or somewhere, and, and he's behind a computer all day. He's making millions of dollars, and he hates his life. And, yeah. and he's living out in, in, in California because he went to go see Skyla, yeah. and, and, it, and it worked out. But he misses Chucky and the boys. He misses Boston. He misses South. That's his happiness. And so he moves back. And he moves back home. He quits his job. And and him and Chucky are working construction again. Yeah. And even though Chucky hates him because of it, because fucking a man. You know the best <laughs> part of my day is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know, going over there every day. I pick you up, hoping that you yeah. won't be there. <laughs> but he comes back. He comes back. He comes back. Yeah. It's like a. It's a pendulum. Essentially, is the plot. Yeah. Yes. Wow. I. That's really clever. So that's where Matt Damon comes in. I. I. Wow. I, I. I. applaud you for thinking of that. I did not go that deep into any of these. Okay. Um. One, and we already talked about it. A coming of age genre. It's Drew, his first job after college, yes. trying to find himself <laughs> in the real world. Number two, I had a thriller slash suspense film. So it's very simple. Someone in the office is a serial killer. <laughs> okay. And people are dying. One by one in the office well, and around the area, and we don't know who it is. Oh, it's yeah. it, it's really that simple. Oh, that's good. And and you would kind of think that off firsthand that it'd maybe be Milton, right? Because mm -hmm. he everyone shits on him. He gets bullied all the time. He's very awkward. But it turns out to be someone you wouldn't expect. That's the whole point. So the like, Bobs are the detectives. Ooh, see the yeah, two see, Bobs. You're, you're are already on, the case, on you're already right? on board with this. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe it would be. Maybe Mike Michael Bolton would be a good killer. Yeah. Yeah, because he fucking hates everybody. Everyone would think it's Samir for racist <laughs> oh, reasons. Oh, God, yes. For completely racist reasons. And then, like you said, Milton. Yeah. And then, yeah, Michael Bolton. It'd probably be Michael. Mike, it could be Michael Bolton. It could be Peter, too, except if he's the protagonist. I mean, that would be a twist, but it'd be too Dexter-like. So they can't figure out who it is. They bring in the bobs to help right. figure it out. Like they know someone in the office is killing people. They just have no idea who. <laughs> and this guy is a pro. Who's the first person to get clipped? Um, is it that lady from Accounts what, Payable? What, or I, was just, I was just, I was just going to say, what's her, what's her name? Um, um, Nina. Corporate Accounts yeah, Payable. Yeah, yeah, that's right. She's just the first one to go. And then they all know she's gone. Because the neck, because like one random morning they don't, don't hear, hear her. Yeah, they don't hear her, and they're like, Where, like, "Where's Nina?" But it keeps reverberating throughout the scene. Like you, you keep hearing that anyway. Yes. Okay. Um, I love this. So who's the ultimate killer? Other than my, like, is Michael Bolton? Is he the? Is he the guy? It's Michael Bolton. Okay. It's Michael Bolton. Yeah. Nice. Um, so those are my two. I love it. Yes. So two more categories left. This is flying by. If you could change one thing about this movie, what would it be? So I would add a coworker that consistently pisses people off. I think they started to do this with Drew a little bit, but I'm thinking like a bigger role, and I'm thinking like Tevin from I Love You, Man. Oh, God, yes. The guy that just He's always so shows good. up, who's just like a douche, and you just hate seeing him. 
and I don't know who it would be. It's, it's kind of like Drew. Kind of like Drew, kinda but like I guess Drew. I guess the other way of saying this is giving him a bigger role. Right, right, right. And and, and having him appear like consistently throughout the movie, throughout uh, in the office, and just every time they just grow more and more frustrated with his character. I like that. I don't know who would play oh, yeah, it. Though. Who, yeah, who would play it? If you could, if you could choose anyone to play it, who would that be? I'm having a tough time, and I want to say Te- I don't know who who plays yeah. Tevin and and I love you, man. But the, he's just perfect for that. I can't think of like another office villain. Type he's so he's the best yeah, office villain so in comedies. Good. Yeah. Hey Peter, a guy in my fantasy football sent me this video. It's a yeah. grandma riding one of those Sibian machines. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that, that's great. Just a bush like a porcupine. Um, so that's the thing you would change. Yeah. So I have two here. Um, number one, I'm going to start with, I'm going to end with the one I, I want the most. So number one, somebody needs some more diversity. Samir is the only non-white yeah, person in the office. Yeah. Only non-white person. I understand 1999, times were not as, you know, PC and progressive as now. Um, it's a very white movie. And there's only two black characters in the whole movie also. There's... The lawyer. There's the lawyer, and then there's Orlando Jones, yes. who yeah. talk about what a, like a heat came, check yeah. performance. Yeah. Like he comes in and he's acting like the heroin addict, yeah. which is also not very PC. Did, did you say money laundering? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I lied. I'm sorry for it, Chenier. What, what's the uh, what is the magazine that he ends up selling? And oh he has my to god, to? Um, is it Vibe? I don't know. I think I'm it's vibe. I think it. it's vibe. I'm imagining Peter's like, what am I going to do with however so so and so many subscriptions? I'm looking this up right now. To vibe. Maybe I think it is vibe. I think it's it vibe. does roll off. <laughs> Cuz he gets he gets a ton of the subscriptions to it. I think it's vibe. It's vibe. It is it's nice. Vibe. What am I going to do with 40 subscriptions <laughs> it's a to vibe. vibe? Yeah. So yeah, so those are the only two black actors in the film, him right. and the lawyer. And then Samir is is not white, so there's three four um three minority, non-white yeah, actors, minority, thank you. Not yeah. three minority <laughs> yeah, actors minority, yeah. in this film. They need some more. If that movie was made now, there would be a lot more minority actors in it. Yeah, you're right. And they're I yeah, like that. Yeah. Okay. Um but my number 1 we need a sex scene between Peter and Joanna. There Good is point. nothing. There's nothing. They're in love. It's very clear they're in love. Well, they're about to have one, and then Lawrence goes, "Hey, man, check out Channel Nine. <laughs> the, the breast exam. The, yeah. the breast exam show. Yeah, they're about to kiss. Right? He's just baby like, "Hey, man." <laughs> Hey man, <laughs> he's so good. Oh, Why do we not have more of Lawrence? I in that know movie? we need That's we need Lawrence. Lawrence is is also a great heat check performance. <laughs> oh my god! Hey man, check out Channel Nine, the breast examination. <laughs> so no. they want to ask you if you got a case in the Mondays? No man, when you get your ass kicked, you yeah. say something like that. <laughs> Dude, jigs at the same time. <laughs> no, we need a sex scene between them. Yeah, we it's, do. it's it's the love interest. This movie's R rated too. It needs to be what in there. It instead, needs to be in there. Instead of the Lumberg fuck scene, you have Peter and Joanna having sex, but mid-sex, he what pops into his mind is Lumberg actually fucking Oh, that's amazing. Or he's fucking Lumberg. Completely loses it. <laughs> or he's fucking Lumberg, and he's on top. They're doing yeah. missionary, and Lumberg, he, he like, he's looking at Joanna. Yeah. He sees her face, and then he goes to Lumberg's <laughs> face, and he goes, 
yeah, yeah TPS reports. Just and, loses it. And then he freaks out. Yeah. Like, that would be a great scene in this movie. Yeah, he goes, not six to midnight, I guess it's midnight to six on that one. And then Joanna <laughs> asks him what's wrong. He goes and explains it. They have the fight. It's the whole falling out. Yes. There we go. That's a good it one. It needs a we sex scene. Yeah. So those okay. were my two. I'm going with the sex scene. But nice. it does need some more diversity. That's good. The twenty the 2020 version of Office Space would have a female lead and just more, more minorities sex. in it. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Well, and more, <laughs> more sex. sex. No, it needs That's more sex. One. All right. Final question. This flew by. What's the most memorable thing about Office Space? It could be anything. Yeah. We, I think we mentioned this a little bit in the beginning, but the passive aggressiveness throughout the whole movie – this is the first time it really happened um, in a movie where the whole the whole entire film was based on this passive aggressiveness, this yeah. corporate environment. And I don't know about you, but in my jobs and in my professional career, I think this this movie comes up a couple times a week. Yeah. I mean, it's it's consistent <laughs> one way or another. Someone will make a reference to it and everyone understands it. Yeah. There's there's no explaining that needs to be done. You just say the quote from the movie and it's timeless i mean it's been it's been over 20 years i know 21, 21 years. years yeah 21 years last year was the 20th movie, anniversary and, that's and, crazy and it sticks with it so um just that passive aggressive nature and the way that uh people conduct themselves in the corporate environment i i totally agree with you that's what i, I had down two two memorable things and that was one of them uh, i also had the printer smashing scene just because as we said before it's so iconic um but yeah I, it, it really encapsulates people hating their jobs more than any movie I've ever seen before. And the fact that it's also so funny and witty and clever, um, and it's so relatable, just for the people who loathe going to work, I had a job where I was in that position too. I hated the people there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I hated waking up in the morning. I would wake up in the morning and look at the clock and go, fuck. fuck. Like that's, that's Driving the, to work, the same thing happens. Yep, the lane yep. moves oh quicker, God, the other one doesn't. It's all true. Yeah, That's it's, the thing. it's all it, true. It all happens. Yes, the the actual synopsis of this film ages amazingly. Mm-hmm. So that's the most memorable thing about Office Space. Yeah, it'll never end. It's a it'll timeless ne- classic. It's timeless. So that's it, Adam. This was fun. Uh, let's do it again. Let's do this again. Butterless popcorn. Stay tuned for next time. Thanks, y'all.